thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Well, good morning. Sunny Wigan. I think that's called an oxymoron. But um, it was great coming up. The sun was shining and uh, 19 degrees in the car it was today coming up. That was really warm, wasn't it? Maybe summer's arrived, you never know, do you? You never know. It's good to be here and to share with you something from the Word of God about um, our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 30. Now a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel, and everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sister, or father, or mother, or children, or fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. 
And I'm sure that God's blessed those verses to our hearts this morning as we've read them. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for this little incident in the life of Jesus. Help us to learn from it. Speak to us through it and challenge us this morning because we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. It is great to be here with you this morning and to share with you this lovely story from the Word of God. When somebody asks you a question, it's good to know the reason for the question, isn't it? If you go to the previous chapter, earlier in the chapter, you find that people came to Jesus and they came to him with a question to test him, to make him give an answer that was inappropriate or wrong, that they might plot against him. They came to test him. What would he say about divorce? That was the question that they asked. Not because they wanted to know, they wanted to test him. But this young man, this rich young man comes to Jesus because he wants to know the answer. And Jesus knew that. So this young man comes to Jesus and he had the courage to come to Jesus. Jesus was very popular with some people. He was very unpopular with others. And just coming to talk to Jesus meant that he was going to have to maybe explain himself to somebody. But he came to Jesus because he wanted to know the answer to a very, very important question. He asks a great question, doesn't he? It's a lovely question that he asks. What have I got to do to get eternal life? He says, Master Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? That's a, a genuine question from a, a genuine seeker. What have I got to do to get this thing called eternal life? And Jesus, he gives an interesting answer. The answer he gave was, keep the commandments. Maybe that was a bit of a shock answer to him, I don't know, but that's what, that's what he said. Why do you call me good? There's only one who is good, and that's God. You see, he recognized, this young man recognized that Jesus had the answer to what he was looking for. And so he comes to him. We've had lots of questions asked of us over the past 12, 18 months. How do you feel about this? And what do you think about that? And is it right to do this? And should we go here? Should we go there? And we have sometimes struggled to give answers to those questions. But here's a question that applies in a pandemic or outside a pandemic, in restrictions or out of restrictions. What, have, what good thing have I got to do to get this thing called eternal life? What is eternal life? When you were born, you had physical life, and, and so did I. I'm of an age now where I'm beginning to wonder about my physical life. You know, I, I jumped off a small wall the other day to talk to somebody, and I nearly fell into the road as my knees wouldn't take it. My physical life is not quite what it used to be. I love the T-shirt that says, the older I get, the better I was. I love that. It's just inspiring, that T-shirt, when I see that, or a car bumper sticker or something, you know. I can't jump off walls anymore. Physical life kind of comes and goes, doesn't it? And we've had illustrations of that over and over again in our society, in our world, that physical life is limited. 
physical life is inhibited it's restricted by circumstances or so many different things we can't go here we can't do that we we, we put things off and physical life is what we all have but it's limited and this young man wants to see beyond the physical and he wants to know the eternal so he asks Jesus he asks the Son of God. And the answer that he gets is keep the commandments. Now he's going to struggle with this, is this young man. So he asks a question, which ones? <clears throat> Maybe I can get out of this. <laughs> which ones? And Jesus doesn't say all of them, which would have been a relevant answer and a pertinent answer. He gives certain ones. And they're all moral things. They're all the way you deal with other people and you react in society. It's how, it's how to care for people. And, and so he gives those answers. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal. I had a conversation on Tuesday in, in, in the prison where I work and um, we were talking about what's normal. What's this word normal? And what is normal for one person isn't normal for somebody else. But there must be a norm for our society. It's not normal to murder people. It's not what society wants. It's not normal behavior to deliberately hurt somebody and take their life. Until we, we kind of came to the conclusion there has to be a normal for our society, even though some people might not agree with it. So Jesus gives in these illustrations, these, uh, these commandments, to do with dealing with other people. And the man stands there and he says, All of these I have kept. What do I still lack? I don't know that. Maybe he's standing, standing there thinking, I've not murdered somebody for a while. I've never murdered anybody. Well, Jesus said in the Beatitudes, if you think evil of somebody, you've murdered them in your heart. Committing adultery. Never committed adultery. But if you've lusted after somebody else, says Jesus in the Beatitudes, you've committed adultery in your heart. So Jesus could have really gone to town on this young man and said, well, let me tell you, you have not kept all those commandments for all of your life. You haven't done that. You have broken those commandments at some point in your life. You have not always honored your father and mother. You have not always loved your neighbor as yourself. But he didn't do that. And the reason he didn't do that, I would suggest to you, is he is a young man genuinely seeking the answers to the questions. Genuinely seeking. Not testing him. Genuinely looking for answers. So Jesus deals with him appropriately. You know, some people are afraid of coming to God, of talking to God, because God's big and he's out there and he's scary and this big being up there, whatever it might be, higher power, as we talk about on the radio this morning coming up here. Afraid to come to God. If I'm a genuine seeker of God, there is no fear in coming to God. If I genuinely want to know the answers to questions like this, there is no fear in coming before God. 
broken, confused, wondering, dissatisfied, and just coming to God in prayer. This man came to Jesus genuinely seeking, and Jesus dealt with him in that manner, genuinely looking after him. What do I still, I've done all that. You know, I've got the t-shirt, I've got the video, I've done everything, and what more do I need to do? And then Jesus hits him with it. If you want to be perfect, if you want to be like the God that you want to be like, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven, then come and follow me. What he's bringing before him is the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. And that's where Jesus brought him to. Did he really want a relationship with God, eternal life, badly enough? He was a rich, young man. He had the kudos in the society. He was morally upright. He was rich, which in that society meant to people he was right with God because the thinking was, if you're a good man and you're rich, God is blessing you, so you must be okay with God. But that wasn't satisfying this young man. Yeah, he's whether he was handsome or not, I don't know, but he was certainly rich and young. And two out of three is not bad, is it? Come on. Two out of three is not bad. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't satisfying him. There was something else beyond the physical, beyond the financial, beyond the moral that was there. And he want, that's what he wanted. And so that's why he came to Jesus. It was more to life than the physical. Aren't you glad? There's more to life than the financial. How many cars can you drive? How many beds can you sleep in? How many burgers can you... No, let's go into that one. But, you know, we look at the physical and we judge people by the size of their estate. We drove, drove up here to some amazing houses perched on hills coming up here. But that doesn't satisfy. Financial, we can have all this, the money in the bank that we dream of. Footballers get paid thousands of pounds a week. They get paid so many people's yearly salary a week to kick a bag of wind around a piece of grass. And I love it. I, really, I do. I love football. It's great. And the older I get, the better I was at football. <laughs> but is that enough? In the newspaper on Saturday, uh, we see the obituaries and people are speaking about what people have done in their life and they speak about how much they've left and they talk about what their, you know, their reputation has been like and what they leave for the world. 
And the answer, the answer to the question, how much money did they leave, is all of it. Every penny. There's more to life than the physical, and the moral, and the financial. And this man knew that. And so he comes to Jesus, like we say, genuinely seeking, dissatisfied with his life, wanting something more, something to complete the jigsaw, something to make his life complete and whole, to be perfect, to be like God. That's what he wanted. There was something missing. And Jesus gives him the answer. Go and put God first. Be prepared to sell all you have. Be ready to follow me no matter what the cost Go and do that, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. And when I read the passage, I slowed down for verse 22. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Now, the strange thing is he'd come with great wealth, dissatisfied. He'd come with the same money he had when he left, possibly more with the interest we're going to get in the bank. And he goes away sad because of his great wealth. You see, he knew what he had to do to get what he needed, but he wasn't prepared to give up what he wanted to get what he needed. And I couldn't say that again. Do you get it though? Following Jesus is a 100% commitment to him. And if I love him like he loves me, there is no price I'm not willing to pay to follow him. And I wish I felt that and meant that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but I don't. Because I sometimes count the cost and I sometimes bail out on my God. But here's the challenge for you and me this morning. If I'm dissatisfied with who I am or what I am, if there's something missing in my life, am I willing to give up what I've got to get what I need? And this man wasn't ready to do that. And he went away sad. He didn't go away rejoicing he was rich. He didn't go away to enjoy his wealth. He didn't go away to enjoy his place in society. He went away sad because he saw what he needed and turned it down because he wouldn't give up the things that he had to get what he needed. The story is told of a little boy who put his hand inside a jug, a vase, to get some money. And he got the hand in the jar and he held onto the money. But of course, when he came to get his hand out of the jar, it wouldn't come out because he got a fist holding onto the money. And the father tried to get the child to let go of the money to pull his hand out, but he had the money. Whatever it was, 10p, 20p, I don't know, but it was in his hand. And the father struggled. And finally, the old light bulb moment came. Ba-ting! And the father said, I tell you what, if you let go of that money, I will give you this big shiny coin. And the child let go of the money, pulled his hand out, and took the big shiny coin. 
and he was happy. The question is this morning, whether we're here or watching online or whatever, what am I holding on to? that stopped me get what I really need and I know it. For this man, it was his wealth. And he walked away sad because he was rich. He didn't want treasure in heaven. He didn't want the eternal life that he talked about badly enough. And he walks away sad. And Jesus says to his disciples, in the second part of the story. He's dealt with the man, now he's gonna deal with the disciples. It is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Does that mean there were no rich people in heaven? No, it means there'll be no people that trust in their riches in heaven. There'll be those in heaven that are rich because they have treasure in heaven. It's hard, he says to Jesus. Again, I tell you, it is easier. Now, I've read diff different commentaries on this, and some people say it was, a, it was a, a, a gate in the wall of Jerusalem called the, the, the Ivan Eagle or whatever, and, and the, the camel had to take each stuff. I just think it means you can't get a camel through the Ivan Eagle. Why complicate it? I mean, physically, I can't, you know, you... You get your cotton, don't you, ladies or gentlemen, if you and you, and you get there. And you're there. You've all, you've, all, you've, you've all done it, haven't you? Yeah? Why is there no eye in this needle? Who's pinched the eye? You know, you, you're, you, you put your glasses on, you take your glasses off, and you want to get a bigger needle, about three foot long, and then you get it through. It's difficult. Okay, well, get a camel through it then. Get a camel through it. It's impossible. Jesus is saying to us, don't try to do the impossible. You can't buy eternal life. You can't work for eternal life. It's a gift from God. It's God that gives eternal life because he's the eternal God. Only he gives it. He's too rich to sell it. We're too poor to buy it. He gives it to those who genuinely want eternal life. And the camel isn't going to get through the eye of a needle. And neither will a person who trusts in physical, moral, or financial gain get into heaven, the eternal kingdom of God. Only God can do that. Let me tell you a story very quickly. I was on Tuesday in this prison when I go on Tuesday and I was asked to go to a, a meeting about a young man. And this young man was broken. Absolutely broken. He had lost his son in a car crash. And the guilt of him putting in the man, the little boy in the car was there and he's etched on his face. He had got into all kinds of criminal activity and he'd handed himself into the police because he was broken and he got sentenced to a term in prison. Broken. And he sat in his chair with the tattoos on his arm. Broken. He's ridden in the GP races on the Isle of Man. 
I asked him, how fast have you been? He said, 161 miles an hour. didn't sit on a motorbike broken can I come to the chapel to pray sir arranged and be brought to the chapel to pray and we sat together and we read the verses of Matthew chapter 11 Jesus said come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul he sat there and that broken man said wow isn't that wonderful Read John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave us one and only Son that whoever believes he will never perish but have eternal life. And we talked about that and he said, this is amazing. Suddenly he said, the Bible makes sense. It's all about him coming to, to God as he is and letting God fix the broken. You've broken this morning. Don't know where to turn. God does the impossible. Just behind me, there's a little plaque that says, Expect a miracle. The greatest miracle, the greatest miracle is not being healed physically, the greatest miracle is being healed spiritually knowing Christ as Lord and Savior and having eternal life. This quality of life, this life from God in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. Jesus makes the disciples think, who then can be saved? Well, if the rich aren't going to make it, what chance do the rest of us stand? If the moral upright aren't going to get to heaven and the kingdom of heaven, then where? Where's the rest of us going to go? What's the, what hope is there? We've left everything to follow you, says Peter. What will there be for us? And Jesus almost says this. Don't worry. It's all taken care of. Ooh. And then Jesus goes on to give this wonderful vision of the future. You will reign with me when I come in my kingdom. You will rule over Israel when I come in my kingdom. And those of us, those people who trusted me, they've given up everything for me, they will receive a hundred times over and they will inherit eternal life. And as I talked with that man on Tuesday, I said the offer that God makes is he takes the broken and he fixes it and he gives eternal life and there's a home in heaven and your life is taken care of. He just said, wow. And he prayed. And as he finished praying, I don't know what he said, he prayed privately, but as he prayed, his shoulders just went, Don't know what he said to God. But I kind of know that God heard him. 
and God answered. You see, following Jesus Christ is a 100% commitment to him. And when we mess up, we come to him. And he restores us, and he remakes us, and he rebuilds us, and he picks us up, and he sets us on our way again, and he says, come on, keep going. I'm with you. And this man walked away sad. Because he wasn't prepared to do what the answer said. I wonder what it is in your life that's stopping you from following Jesus. I don't know what it is, but I know this. It's not worth it. God wants to take us and use us and he needs us to have that 100% commitment to him that only he can save. Only he can do the impossible. Only he can take a human being and make them into a child of God. Eternal life, it's a quality of life beyond the physical, the moral, the financial, beyond human thinking, beyond time. It's eternal. It comes from the eternal God, and God gives it, and he will not take it away. Everlasting life means it's never going to end. Eternal life has a hope for the future, and these are blessings. This is a blessing that God gives to those who will trust him and follow him. And some of us are weighing up the cost. Some of us know we should. But we're not doing it. Following Jesus Christ is the only way of life which ultimately makes any sense. Follow me, says Jesus, and you'll finish up where I am. And thank God he's in heaven. I could go on forever where I want, but hey, let me ask you a perfectly simple question. Are you going to walk away sad this morning because you're rich? Those watching, are you going to walk away and carry on sad because you don't like the answer that God has given? God is the only one that can give eternal life and that's what makes our life complete. I become a spiritual whole person through Christ. I've still got the moral, still got the physical that's going downhill, still got the financial. But God steps in and says, you know, you're completely perfect now. <laughs> perfect. 
because God does the impossible. May God bless his word.